Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Another week down, we're already to the third preseason game. I can hardly believe it. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo of Downey and Martez, and I am rolling solo once again this week. Lynn Martez, uh, my co-host and the other half of this dynamic Downey and Martez duo, is unable to record once again this week. Uh, we're going to get things back rolling once we get to the regular season. A lot of life changes, especially on my part right now. Uh, moved to a completely different state. We've talked about this. I started a new job and things like that. Wanted to get this out to you closer to when the game happened, but we're getting it out to you today. Still plenty of time to look back at what happened against the Tennessee Titans and then ahead to this weekend's final preseason game where it looks like we will see the traditional uh, third preseason dress rehearsal game, even though it is the final preseason game of the year. So yes, rolling solo again this week, but as we always do, I'm going to give you social reminders for both myself and Lynn. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. The great team over at Bucks Nation pumping out a ton of content every single week leading up to the game, during the game, after the game. And we had a ton of great stuff this week. Bailey Adams with a great thing looking at the five standouts, even though uh, if you watch the game, you know that uh, there weren't a lot of positive standouts from the game but that's that's how the cookie crumbles a ton of great stuff so follow the show on follow bucks nation on twitter and also go to bucksnation.com on a daily basis so you can see the great stuff that our team of writers are cranking out every single day and wherever you're listening to this podcast if you are listening on apple podcast hit that little plus button so you'll get notified every time a new episode uh, drops and if you're listening on spotify click that follow button i have recently became a spotify convert when it comes to podcasts i'm surprised it took so long i am all in so click that follow button uh, if you have storage issues on your listening device it doesn't automatically download the new episode to your phone but you'll get notified in your little library it's a nice tight wonderful package so if you're listening to us on spotify click that little follow button and you'll just get notified every time a new episode comes out and you'll be good to go uh and if we're on apple Podcasts, leave us a review uh five star reviews help more people see this podcast and let us know what we're doing well, what you think we could do better, because we want to, again, make this the perfect podcast for Buccaneers fans. But now, let's get into it. Let's talk about the clash with the Titans that the Bucks had this past Saturday night at Raymond James Stadium. And man, it was an ugly one. I mean, not a ton of starters played, not a ton of guys that were are going to get extended playing time into the regular season played and it kind of showed there weren't a ton of you know ton of the titan standouts playing either but we can't put a ton of stock into preseason i believe when the detroit lions went 0 and 16 they were 4-0 that preseason 
teams tend to go 0-4 in the preseason and make the playoffs all the time. So I am not getting worked up over another, you know, I guess the, the first loss wasn't really a, a blowout. This one was a, blow, a blowout loss. A lot of mistakes, a lot of things that need to get cleaned up for these guys if they're going to be forced into playing time come the regular season. Uh, so what do you want to do? You want to start with the bad news first or the good news? Let's start on the negative side and then we'll uh, get into some some positives moving forward uh, to try and brighten your week up as we look forward to the third preseason game where it looks like Tom Brady will play uh, the first half of that game. So it's going to be in. So we'll start there. We'll start at the quarterback position. We'll talk about Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask was a big point of discussion for me going into last week's podcast. I'm sure you heard uh, I was disappointed that the decision was made to play Ryan Griffin before Trask. That same decision was made this week. Trask did get, I think, a little bit more playing time this week. Uh, and no huge signs of improvement. I mean, if you look at the turnovers, though, a lot of those are on the receivers. You can agree or disagree with what happened with the, the Tanner Hudson thing. I think he was down by contact. And then another deflection and an interception as well. So Trask definitely needs to make improvements. And if you've heard Lynn and I go back and forth, we've gone back and forth a lot on Trask and what we think his future will be and what we think his future should be. And I think that my viewpoint hasn't been, I guess, 100% clear on this. And I've said that I think Kyle Trask should be able to beat out Blaine Gabbert right now if he is going to be the future quarterback of this football team, maybe in just one year's time. Now... Did I ever say that I think he would be able to? I wasn't so sure. I wasn't the biggest pro-Trask guy, uh, him coming out in the draft. I mean, but you're getting him. At, you thought about drafting him at 32. You're getting great value drafting him a full round later if if you're the Buccaneers. I said last week that it was absolutely evident that he wasn't going, he wasn't getting that opportunity to compete with Gabbert to take that backup spot. If he's not playing before Griffin, if he's not playing with some of the twos and some of the guys that you're going to see on Sundays coming up starting in September once the regular season gets going, he doesn't have that opportunity. So what I want to see now is I want to see growth from week to week. But at the same time, as I said last week, I wanted him to see him get more important playing time and more playing time with those guys to because you can't really judge the guy fully if he's playing with a bunch of, I guess, guys that are likely going to be on the practice squad. But then at the same time, you say, oh, you think you should be able to elevate those guys because those are the guys you're going to be working with uh, during the regular season in practice to prove that you are possibly ready to take that next step. So while he didn't do anything that super impressed me, uh, I'm not completely down in the dumps on Kyle Trask either. It's just going to be hard to evaluate moving forward. I, I want to see what kind of or playing time he gets in the final preseason game because this is, for all intents and purposes, the last time we're going to see Kyle Trask suit up until and get playing time until next preseason in an actual in actual game action. So 
if Brady is playing extended extended minutes on Sunday, what is Trask's playing situation going to be like? Because I think they still probably want to get uh, Blaine Gabbert some playing time. So there you go into the conundrum that I've talked about with Ryan Griffin versus Trask, who you want to give that playing time to. And even more so now, I think if only one of those guys is going to end up get play, to get playing time this coming weekend, I think it needs to be Trask because I think you need to see more out of him. You want the guy to get more game action. No matter what you say about Ryan Griffin, Ryan Griffin is not the future of this football team, and I don't really see the point of getting him more reps. I understand, especially if you're not necessarily going to keep him on the practice squad, you want Griffin to be out there and get some stuff on tape, so maybe another team picks him up or something like that. But it just, to me, it's unnecessary. So I would like to see Trask get some playing time this weekend, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much these Buccaneers play. Right now, Bruce Arian said today, I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, that the Bucks don't have any current COVID issues, but we did see that Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, who spent time uh, not only with the Bucks playing the Titans on Saturday night, the Titans were at the Advent Health Training Center uh, last week with joint practices, and Brady, Tom Brady, people pointed out that Tom Brady had extended interactions with Mike Vrabel and things like that. So right now, the Bucks don't have any uh, current COVID issues. We'll see if that pops up. Uh, hope it doesn't as far as you know limiting guys that would possibly get playing time in this third preseason game coming up this weekend. So that's going to have have an impact on it. But that's what you got to talk about with Trask. I mean, I said I was going to start with the bad news. I guess the bad news in talking about Trask is you didn't see him play more with guys that are going to get substantial playing time come the regular season like I wanted to see, and you didn't see any kind of substantial improvement. So that's where I'll go. That's why I'm starting in saying that I put him on the negative side uh, in terms in terms of what happened on Saturday night. Another thing that you have to put on the negative side is O.J. Howard. Had some drops and things like that. Now, this is a guy that I don't think is whatsoever uh, in danger of being cut. I think that O.J. Howard is definitely going to be on this football team 100%. But I think if you're the Bucks and you want them to be as good as possible. Now, Rob Gronkowski, he's had injury issues. So you don't know if he's going to be on the field every week. We saw Tom Brady's success in New England with in two tight end sets. And I think right now it's undoubtedly Gronk and it's Cam Brate. Not just because of what Cam Brate did last season, but because of the performance of OJ coming back this this preseason now the guy's coming off of a catastrophic injury and he's still getting out there and he wasn't even a full go at the beginning of training camp so that he's out on the field now it's a good thing you still want to give him more time to progress but I think that that's one of the guys that you definitely have to look at in the final preseason game or else it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks use him moving forward into the regular season I'm going to tell you Right now, a lot of people were upset when they drafted O.J. Howard in their fantasy drafts a couple of years ago. And, yeah, really had nothing to show for it. I wouldn't be doing it again this year. If something changes, that 
could be a, a sneaky waiver wire pick, but OJ definitely definitely a rough game and definitely has an uphill battle as far as taking playing time away from a from a Rob Gronkowski and from a Cam Brate who we know Tom Brady trusts infinitely. Now this playing time wasn't with Tom Brady, but Tom was there watching every single thing happen. So you definitely got to think that OJ's going to get more playing time come this weekend. We'll see what happens moving forward in terms of OJ Howard because it's a contract year. I mean, now this isn't just, you know, pay me Buccaneers. This is pay me NFL. This is get your big contract moving forward. And his performance this year is going to go into a lot of that. I'm not going to say it's make or break just because of how much upside the guy still has. He's going to be on an NFL roster in 2022, not just 2021. He's going to be on a team, but as Lynn and I have discussed before, his performance this year is going to have a big impact on what kind of contract he's able to get this offseason. And with, you know, the Bucks are picking and choosing, re-signing people. Uh, maybe Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski come off the books this year, which creates some room. Uh, but you got to talk about the Chris Godwin deal. Like, how much are you going to be willing to pay O.J. Howard if he doesn't take a huge leap forward and kind of show you more than just the glimpses of who you thought he could be when you took him when he was just the best available player left on the board. So that's that's where I'll go with that. Uh, Bucks defense certainly had some lapses this past weekend. I think now we can start to talk about the positives a little bit because OJ was one of the more glaring uh, negatives. Uh, obviously, sloppy play, the turnovers, you definitely don't want to see whatsoever. Uh, I'm not even going to... Uh, I'll talk about some of the positive defensive players, but let's talk about the the starter from last year who got the most extended playing time this past weekend, and that was and that was Eric uh, Alex Kappa. So Alex Kappa start basically started as a rookie for this football team and was a guy who came out of a small school, was a completely different animal to what he faced in the NFL, was a mid-round draft pick, and came out and became a starter. Ali Marpet Part 2 hasn't reached what Ali was able to do, but... Uh, or what Ali Marpet is still able to do on this football team, but still getting that value where you got him and protecting Tom Brady last season. Now he got hurt. He wasn't able to play a ton in the playoffs, and Aaron Stinney played in the playoffs, and the Bucks won a Super Bowl. So Bruce Arians said afterwards that it is a battle and that it's closer than you would think, but it is still Kappa's job to lose. So Kappa definitely has something to prove. He's got to go out there and show that, you know, yeah, you won a Super Bowl with this guy, but you can still be even better with me. So that's what Cap is going to have to do moving forward. And I always love watching these offensive battles. And, I mean, looking at the Bucks, I mean, where did they have a position battle? There wasn't a ton of, even, you can talk about running back, but Ronald Jones, based on everything that I've seen out of training camp, is the starting running back for this team moving forward. So, uh, maybe that was a battle, maybe it wasn't, but as Lynn has said time and time again, uh, that it's going to be whoever has the hot hand, but I think Ronald Jones is going to be given more opportunities for that. So we do have a bit of a position battle for the starting right guard on this football team, so it's going to be interesting to see 
how that plays out. If Kappa has a has a good game coming up this weekend, especially if he if he's playing with the ones, I do believe that uh, I want to say it was Greg Allman that pointed out on Twitter that looking at camp, he saw Kappa taking all of the reps with with the one. So I think it might be Bruce just putting a little bit of pressure on a, still a young guy and Alex Kappa. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, the Bucks are going to pick the best guy that's going to protect Tom Brady moving forward, point blank period. I don't think that they're going to make a – I don't think there is a right or a wrong decision in this case because, as I said – Kappa was injured and the Bucks still won a Super Bowl. So, you know, moving forward, we'll see what happens with that. That's definitely going to be something to watch this weekend and see who suits up against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night to start the season. Okay, so now let's move into some of the other positives on offense and defense. And you have to start with Joe Tryon again. The dude is just a beast. And if he continues to look like this and looks that good moving forward in the regular season and becomes a substantial pass rusher for this football team on top of what they already have in guys like JPP and guys like Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and and Dominican Sue in the middle to a lesser degree. But man, that is looking like such a value dropping to the Super Bowl champions with the final pick of the first round. And this is a guy who's looking like he could be a dynamic Pro Bowl player. Maybe we're putting too much on it this so early, but the guy 100% looks the part. And hopefully we see more of him and hopefully we see a ton of him uh, come the regular season. Because, you know, like I said... Shaq Barrett has definitely performed for this football team, but the things that they will be able to do, you can move JPP inside. Lynn and I talked about when we were talking about rookie minicamp and things like that, that the Bucks wanted to possibly try moving Tryon inside and stuff like that. I think right now you want to focus on just letting that guy rush the quarterback because we've already seen what can happen with that. So another really, really positive game from Joe Tryon, and the guy continues to look the part. Now let's talk about two guys, one that I kind of put on my negative list last week, but two guys that Bruce Arians says might have earned a position on the team this past weekend. One, Pat O'Connor, a defensive lineman who's been with this football team. He really showed out this past weekend. The effort on that defensive line, that's a guy who... You know, he knows the system, he knows Todd Bowles' system, but was still in a position, especially with the Bucks bringing in Tryon, drafting Tryon, adding another uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end to this football team that puts O'Connor in a position where he's battling for his spot. And in the preseason, that once you get into the actual games, I think that that's what these coaches look at as far as who's going to make the football team and Pat O'Connor has shown that to Bruce Arians and this coaching staff, and he was definitely a bright spot, especially in the early stages of that game this past weekend, was everywhere in in a game that it was definitely, as I said, it was definitely hard to find bright spots. Pat O'Connor was one, and that's a guy who's definitely, uh, Bruce Arians said he's def- he definitely has made the football team. Now let's talk about Mr. Irrelevant, Grant Stewart, who was the last pick of of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this is a guy who I said last week you could clearly see the effort and the want to be there and the want to get to the football on every single play he was just in the wrong position sometimes and there was a reason that he was a seventh round draft pick but Bruce Arian said 
this week, it, there was definitely improvement. He made some tackles uh, late in the game, was getting to the football. And when that effort coincides with things actually going right, you're going to be a guy that makes the football team. And that's a guy that you want on your football team, a guy that's going to put in maximum effort every single time he touches the football field. And that's what makes a great special teams player as well. So Mr. Irrelevant is not going to be irrelevant because it looks like Bruce Arians didn't go as fully commit on Stewart the way that he did with uh, in talking about uh, Pat O'Connor. So that's what we're going to we're looking at moving forward. Grant Stewart looks like he has made the 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a guy I want to spotlight on the offensive side of the ball, a Lynn Martez favorite, by the way, is wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Made that was probably Trask's favorite target in the one where he was pretty much attached to the defender, made a over-the-shoulder catch. Phenomenal. Cyril Grayson, I don't know. I highly doubt that he is going to make this football team straight up, but this is a guy who I think has either earned a practice squad spot or because of the what he's putting on tape is going to be on a roster and come just a couple of weeks. Just a really, when you see those flashes from a receiver like that, I really liked what I saw out of out of Cyril Grayson, and the Bucks are always loaded at receiver. It seems if you listen to Lynn and I's coverage in the past, you so, we're, seems we're always talking about you know what receiver is going to make the team. You know, back in the days of Dante Die and Bernard Reedy and Bobo Wilson and those guys at the bottom of the depth chart here. I mean, Justin Watson was a guy we talked a lot about going into training camp, but he's been hurt, so we haven't you know seen what he he can do uh scotty miller was back returning punts this week jalen darden has has impressed so moving forward i think cyril grayson not going to be on the 53 man roster i don't think but that's a guy that you definitely want on the practice squad and if you have injuries at all to your receivers that's a guy that looks like he can step up and make some plays for your football team or if it's a team there are a ton of teams that are a lot lighter uh, in terms of wide receivers the bucks have maybe historically one of the best wide receiving cores in the history of the league in terms of depth it is just phenomenal what the tampa bay buccaneers have right now and maybe if you're a young receiver maybe you you know if you're looking at teams that you want to sign with maybe the bucks aren't the team that's going to get you to that making the roster because they're so deep but at the same time you get to work with guys like mike evans like Tom Brady and things like that in training camp. So Cyril Grayson definitely shined for me and was one of the uh, one of the brighter spots on offense when it was definitely harder. I th- on defense, I pointed out a couple of guys. It was definitely harder to look for some brighter spots on offense. As we went through this podcast, I've talked a lot about what I want to see uh, in the final preseason game. I want to see Trask get a little bit more. You're definitely going to have to have your eyes on Alex Kappa. Is he going to secure... Uh, that starting spot on the offensive line. I want to see more out of Joe Tryon. So the Buccaneers are going to wrap up the preseason 
this weekend in Houston playing the Houston Texans on Saturday night. Uh, 8 o'clock kickoff as opposed to the 7.30 uh, kickoff that they've had these past couple of weeks. So, And we'll be back. Hopefully, Len and I are able to work this out and we're going to be able to uh, bring you the true dynamic duo. And then we'll have two weeks before the regular season. No fourth preseason game, but there is extra time off before the Buccaneers kick off the NFL season at Raymond James Stadium on September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about a couple of other storylines that went through the NFL and the rest of the preseason last week. Tim Tebow got cut. I mean, I did get up on my, on I don't even know if it was a high horse, and talk about that play that everybody was calling him out for. But the guy had some worse plays other than that. Uh, it wasn't phenomenal. I was just saying on that, pl- on that play, it wasn't as, as bad as it would seem. But I also didn't watch the entire Jaguars football game and watch every play that Tim Tebow made or didn't make. I didn't see any positive highlights. I just wanted to point out that that one wasn't as negative as some people made it seem, but he's not on the football team and it officially looks like uh, his NFL dreams are over. Some quarterback battles really heating up. To me, the most interesting ones right now, I think there are three of them. Talk about San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, neither of them looked great, and Trey Lance looked super raw. I think at the end of the day, I think that Kyle Shanahan ends up going with a quarterback that took him to a Super Bowl to start with in Jimmy Garoppolo, and if the 49ers struggle early, I think they'll go to Lance because I've said on this show that I think that the NFC West is the best division in football this year, and if you're going to make the playoffs, you can't really... uh, afford to have a horrible start even though you have an extra game and there is that extra wild card but I think that you got to go with what you know in Garoppolo moving forward because Trey Lance is just still so raw the one that I think it that might be the toughest to call is Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater out in Denver uh Bridgewater has played well so has Locke but I think that I think that Locke is a guy that can be a starting quarterback moving forward. I think we've seen the best of Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think we've seen the best of Drew Locke left. If I'm making that decision, I am not making that decision. I would go with Drew Locke, but that one's going to be one that comes down to the wire, and as is Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And that one has a lot of implications as far as the NFC South and one of the Bucks' biggest competitors moving forward. The Saints, with Drew Brees, beat the Bucks for the division title last year. So that one, I know a lot of Bucks fans, a lot of Jameis Winston fans, a lot of FSU fans out there are kind of rooting for the guy in his second in his second stop. It's going to be really interesting to see because I don't know what you do moving forward if you're Jameis Winston if you lose a straight-up battle to a guy like Taysom Hill. Now, Saints start off badly. Taysom Hill gets pulled for Jameis Winston, and he comes in and gets them back on track that's a completely different story but I think that if you lose a training camp battle to a Taysom Hill your days as a starting quarterback in the NFL are certainly numbered if you're Jameis Winston just a couple of the storylines moving forward that we'll look at 
going forward into next week, the final preseason game. It is crazy. Fantasy drafts are, are almost here. Madden's out. So just a great time to be a football fan. The Bucks play the Texans. Hopefully we see a lot more of the starters this week. Hopefully we see better play out of O.J. Howard. And hopefully Kyle Trask plays with the twos a little bit. Am I asking for too much? Once again, this has been Downey and Martez. I am Trey Downey. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. And follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis. This has been Downey and Martez. We will talk to you next week.